Welcome to Alley and Pacero. This is Alan Alley with our friend James Ball from the Rational Republican. James, good, good morning. Good morning, Alan. I'm in a bunker in Utah <laughs> after driving 15 hours you drove yesterday there. with oh yeah, with my son, my daughter-in-law, their eight-year-old, their five-year-old, and their three-month-old. Wow. <laughs> it was you, quite the adventure. You did this in the mini, right? No, we did it in a, in a suburban, an extended suburban. But I got I to gotta give a shout out to my grandsons. They were amazing. They, they were troopers the whole way. They were happy. They were pleasant. They were engaged. It was, uh, it was really, really, amazingly enough, it was a really cool. good experience. It was, uh, it was cool. really fun. So we're here. I didn't sleep much last night, so. Um, but we had another uneventful week in politics. Nothing you know, kinda, happened. Nothing, nothing going on. We've been uh, we've been talking about the nothing that's been going on with our friends all week long. James and I have. Uh, Jim Passero is still uh, on sabbatical somewhere. We don't quite know exactly where where Jim is right now, but um, I I want to dive in and and talk about what's been going on. I think there's some really interesting perspectives. Uh, I think we'll, we should probably start at the beginning, and that was uh, January 6th and what transpired then. I think I certainly thought that it was going to go pretty smoothly, that yes, there's, there's going to be protests and lots of people there, um, but they'd go through the process, there'd be objections, those objections would be heard, those objections would be voted down, and we'd get through the process and certify the election. That's, That's what, what I expected I too. Yeah, right-wing protests tend to be nonviolent in general. I mean, they've started going to the point where, where they're, getting a li- they're, they're getting violent, but um, just in, in recent memory, it's been the left who's been destroying property yes. and going after things. The right has been wandering around with their rifles, but not hurting anyone generally. Um, so yeah, I was, I, I expected that they were going to make a lot of noise and march in circles and yeah, exactly what you said. Um, I was very surprised and very disappointed, um, when I saw that they had actually entered the Capitol building. Um, and of course, you know, we condemn all violence and breaking and entering and trying to upend a free and fair election. Uh, none of that is acceptable and everyone who was involved should be prosecuted. And I, I came out and said it within a couple of hours, once I could verify that they actually did it. Because frankly, um, my son showed it to me. He said, Dad, have you seen this? And initially, it, it was like, no, they didn't do that. Yeah. Right? This must, you must be on the onion or something, <laughs> or, right? They, didn't, they right. didn't break into the Capitol. You know, no, they didn't do that. And then, like most Americans, I was probably sitting there watching it live and wondering where is this going you know what's going on and then in the evening when they reconvened i actually watched almost all of the debate like till one o'clock in the morning because i really wanted to see what was going to happen and um i thought the senators did the right thing i think the senators said look we're going to allow you one uh, objection, 
that will sustain by having a senator sign, and that was Pennsylvania. And then they went into the debate around Pennsylvania because it was going to kind of be the same debate over and over and over again, almost. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I, I, I actually wish everybody could watch that and take the time to watch it. I know it sounds crazy, but there was some really interesting, thoughtful uh, positions presented and some positions that you just kind of recoil in abject horror over. You know who um, really The one that I really surprised. want. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. Go, I was going to no, say the one that surprised me uh, was oh. Lindsey Graham. You know, Lindsey Graham has kind of been the focal point of a lot of the Trump stuff. He was a, a critic at first, and then he flipped to be a, a vocal supporter. And uh, I, I did similar things. I don't think I stayed up till one in the morning, but watched a lot of the testimony after the riots. And seeing Lindsey Graham and some of those folks who have been ardent Trump supporters come out and basically say, hey, guys, election's over. Trump lost. Biden's going to be the next president. Time to move on. Um, that was that was heartening to me. Um, the yeah. 140 some odd votes to uh, <laughs> to to object to the election um, that was not heartening. That was disheartening. Um, but so, there was so good on people. that you have to, and I had to understand. You know, so Cliff Bentz, for example, voted to not yeah. certify Pennsylvania. Uh, the uh, new congressman from the second district, the Eastern Oregon district. And I know Cliff pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, he's a really good guy and he's a really thoughtful guy. And he's been a guy that has reached across the aisle and worked with Democrats and in fact, been slammed for it um, in, uh, in elections for, for doing things like that, for cutting yeah. deals with Democrats. And what he said was, the, the, if you look at the information presented about Pennsylvania, about how they changed their electoral process, did the legislature sign off on it? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Did the appointed Secretary of State sign off on it? You know, what were her powers? How did that all? He, he said, look, there's enough questions about that that I would like to spend some time to, to review that. And if you think about it, probably 51% or more of the people in his district would want him to do that. And he voted with those people. Um, so I don't begrudge him for doing that. And he's not, if you listen to why he did it and what he said he did, I, I think he had very reasonable uh, reasons for it. The Alan, one that this is, kind this of- This is 2021. There's no room for nuance here. <laughs> no, it is. It, it, it's binary. It's a, you're, you're for us or against us. Well, that's, well, that's, how we're, that's how we treat politics in 2021. Well, he's representing I know, I know. his constituents. And, no, I, I'm and with you. I, I, I read know, his but that's what I, So the one that I thought made the best point, because most of them, frankly, the Republicans would make the most highly partisan, the election was stolen kind of yeah. points, right? And the Democrats would make the arguments of this was a perfectly fair election. It's been certified. Shut up and sit down. Right. Hmm. And it was it was really caustic. It was very, very caustic. And uh, some name calling and 
please, you know, objection, remove that from the record. He's a liar. There was all this kind of stuff going on. And then Jamie Herrera Butler stood up. And Jamie Butler is the representative from the Southern Washington district that includes Vancouver. So mm -hmm. she borders on Portland. Uh, the only uh, Republican representative whose district abuts the Pacific <laughs> Ocean. And J Jamie's husband was my first campaign manager when I ran for treasurer. Oh, cool. So, so I, I followed that. her for a long time, and I, I really respect her and, and her husband. And Jamie stands up and says, look, I hear my Republican friends, and they're talking about certifying the election, and they're talking about did the legislature of Pennsylvania sign off on all this, and maybe they did and maybe they didn't. <clears throat> but she said, the legislature in Pennsylvania is a Republican legislature. Yeah. If the legislature in Pennsylvania thought there was a problem, they should have said, stop, yeah. right? We think there's a problem. And they could have done that. Mm -hmm. And she said, the fact that the Republican legislature in Pennsylvania said there isn't a problem has to be good enough for me because everybody's been saying the constitution says constitution says constitution says she said the constitution says the legislature has the final call they decided to not make a call yep. done and it was one little tiny voice of really good logic and reason at about one o'clock in the morning uh -huh. um that and it hasn't been reported on hmm. Right. I, ha I haven't seen it anywhere, but she did a really good job. I texted her and her husband and just said, thank you so much. You know, it was the one like ray of sanity hope that I saw in that whole thing. Other than I think that the senators did the right thing. Anyway, I did not start the timer, but I'm sure we're at eight we're, minutes. We're more. well over. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think we're um, at least 10 at this point. Let's take a break. And we'll come right back. It's Abrams not, and Pacero with uh, James Ball from the Rational Republic. Not Abrams. Oh, it's not, not Abrams. Abrams. No. It's Allie and Pacero. <laughs> I forgot myself. It's Allie and Pacero <laughs> with James Ball from the Rational Republican. Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service on all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 503-558-6349 or at proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503-558-6349 or proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Welcome back to Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball from the Rational Republican. And we're talking about, oh, January 6th and all the events that happened there, the protests that turned to violence and death, actually. And the Republican response, the Democratic response. We're still really talking about uh, January 6th. And I'd like to stick there before we, we move on and talk to what the fallout repercussions were. But you've had some discussions online James, do you want to kind of fill us in on the reactions of the millennial view of things or the, the view that, that you know, it's, been it's, it's like everything else with this. It's so hyper-partisan. Um, yeah. One of the things, I mean, I keep hearing from my Democratic friends or from my non-affiliated friends is, when are you leaving the party? 
this is the last mm-hmm. straw. The Republican brand is so tarnished beyond recognition. Um, how can you still align with these people? Uh, on the right, you know, you, you hear people who, I think this has mostly gone away, but they were talking about um, that this was a false flag attack by Antifa. <laughs> Absolutely was not. Yeah. Come on, people. Right. Like, what, what, a, what a stupid conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it was very, it was very hyper-partisan. I, I, I do think that there were a lot of Republicans who came out to um, condemn the violence. And there were a lot of staffers and cabinet members who started resigning over this. Melania's chief yeah. of staff resigned. Um, National Defense Secretary, I think, uh, was talking about resigning, but um, decided that this is a crisis and probably the national defense is probably kind of important at this point. Um, yeah. So well, I think it's just been so very hyperpartisan. I don't So Trump's, Trump's response was the kind of the flashpoint, yes. right? And yes, I don't, I don't have the exact quotes in front of me, maybe because his Twitter and Facebook accounts have been <laughs> taken down, but, um, <laughs> but it was, it was like, uh, stop, you know, the, the violence, violence is never tolerated, whatever. The election was stolen from us. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, yes, you, you, you got like the first eight tenths right. And the last two tenths are, no, don't, don't say that. I would say it was the other and, way around. He probably had a whole bunch of staffers pull him into a room and be like, sir, you need to tell these people to go home. And he got dragged into that. Um, I don't think he, he looked half-hearted. He looked like he didn't really want to be there. He didn't want to say anything. I, I think it was the other way around. Um, he was, somebody held a gun to his head and said, you need to tell these people to go home. And he's like, well, the election was stolen. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and go home. But we love you. You're wonderful people. Uh, but, but go home. Right. I, I, like you, you're the, you're the one yeah. who talks about, you have to go back to the source material and the source material. When I re- saw that video was not Trump asking people. To, I mean, those are the words he said, yeah. the words he said were, please go home. But the context of how he said it and the other words that he said surrounding that, uh, did not encourage anyone to go. Yeah, home. see, I didn't so take it. I, I didn't take it that way. I actually took it as uh, maybe a shade of gray from what you said. Oh crap! This exploded, and I didn't expect it to explode. I did something once when I was a little boy that I'm not really proud of, but um, I was in a grassy field, and I was quote looking for my yo-yo that I lost. And the way that I was looking for it was I was taking matches and lighting them and throwing them into the grass and letting it burn an area and then stomping it out, mm-hmm. right? And it wasn't very fun when the area was only this big. So I kept letting the area get bigger and bigger and bigger. And finally, the area got really big and I couldn't stomp it out. And then I had to go find a, a hose and the hose didn't reach. And then we called the fire department and the fire department came. And for some reason, <laughs> that's how I related to what Trump did, right? Is that it just got out of control. And See, I don't think so. I and, think he planned it. Okay. I think he wanted that to happen. He wanted them to march on the Capitol. And, and this, is, this is the other word that's being thrown around is sedition. And mm-hmm. I, it's, <laughs> I had to look up the word to make sure that I knew the exact definition. Yeah, but yeah, all, it's inciting a crowd of people. 
Yeah. Right. Because you, I mean, yeah. people throw words around all the time. Treason is the one that's been thrown around, and and I don't. Right. That's that's a different word. Um, sedition right. is the word. Inciting a group of people to go and try right. and overthrow a government. Um, I think that's what Trump did, and I think that's what he's guilty of. Yeah. And uh, well, I didn't take it that way. And if I'm guilty of, uh, you know, head in the sand, okay. The way I took it was it. Yes, he wanted the demonstration. Yes, he wanted the pressure put on Congress with hundreds of thousands of people outside. I don't think he wanted them in the Capitol, swinging from the rafters, uh, doing the things that they did. Maybe he did, I, you know. Um, through this whole process, because I, I think, would you classify yourself as a never-Trumper? Yes. Okay. And I wasn't. I'm I, not. As, as, as I... Uh... As I ran for office as a Republican, I didn't advertise that fact a lot. But uh, yeah, I had four opportunities to vote for Trump in my life. Yeah. I have never voted for Trump. So I'm not a never Trumper. And I've struggled with this because I still have Mitt Romney's bumper sticker right. on my car. And I know Mitt Romney really well. And <clears throat> I would work for Mitt Romney in a heartbeat. Um, do I agree with everything that he does? No. But do I believe that Mitt Romney has a lot of character and integrity, and he's the kind of CEO that I could work for? Yes. Does Mitt Romney listen to me? Yes. Can I have a, a discussion with him and disagree with him, and he will intellectually grasp what I'm saying? Absolutely. And give me credit for that and, and pause and be thoughtful about it? Yes. So that's why I like Mitt Romney. It's not mm -hmm. because I agree with everything that he does. But I decided that I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm a Trump supporter supporter. So I recognize that there's many, many tens of millions of people in the United States that have been disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. And the system doesn't work for them. It mostly came out of my walk across Oregon where I got to walk for five hours a day with people that I had never met. I mean, I wouldn't meet ranchers and dairy farmers and, and people that live in, in Burns and Baker City and, and uh, Prairie City, for that matter. And I'd spend five hours a day with them. And they would tell me the issues that they've had. And this is building up over many tens of years of feeling like the, the country moved yeah. away from them, not just Oregon, but the entire country. And the anger and the frustration they have. And I can never understand it because I didn't live it, but I can relate to it and I can support them. Mm -hmm. And they overwhelmingly support Donald Trump. So my conclusion was, I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm a Trump supporter supporter. Yeah. And with that, we've got to take a break. <laughs> we'll come right back because I know I want James to talk about this. Uh, we'll come right back and take a break. This is Ali and Pissero with James Ball. The Portland Spirit is headed to the river. Hop on board today for great views of the Portland skyline and historic Milwaukee waterfront. See our local landmarks and bridges from a unique vantage point on the river. Grab a cocktail on our outer deck while enjoying some of our delicious local cuisine. Fun for the whole family with options including lunch, brunch, dinner, and the famous Heart of Portland cruise. Tickets can be purchased at portlandspirit.com. Welcome back to Ali and Pacero with our friend James Ball. I just professed my support of Trump 
supporters. And I wanted James to, uh, yeah. to react to that, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I, I think that that's a really good way to put it. And I, this is something that I've said a couple of times. Um, you have a, either a majority of the Republican Party or a large minority who is still on the Trump train right now, the, the MAGA train. And Biden has said a number of times in all his speeches that he wants to heal. He wants to bring people together. Um, the way you do that with 20 to 30% of the country is not by crucifying their leader. And that's, um, so, you know, AOC and some of the, some of the hard left people are talking about impeachment. They're talking about removal of Trump from by the 25th amendment or, or all, whatever. Um, even though he's got 10 days left in his presidency, um, they want to make a statement and that's not how you heal. That's not how you reconcile. Um, I think that there are enough reasonable people surrounding Trump to prevent him from doing anything uh, totally nuts. Um, Pelosi uh, <laughs> talked about if he if he was going to press the the nuke button, and I'm like that that is such an absurd thing to even talk about. Um, but like all, all of any of any of Trump's worst ideas or 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 machinations are, there are people to prevent him from from acting on those. Just I let him run out his last 10 days in office. And then like you have to, we're going to have to reconcile with these people. Like you said, um, the, these are real people with real, with real problems and real um, anger at the system and feel like it's not working for them. And you don't heal. You don't bring them back into the fold by ostracizing them and kicking them out and deplatforming and like that is only going to take this this problem drive it deeper and we're going to have to continue dealing with it this is a this is not like <laughs> flat earthers where there's like nine of them and right. you can safely just kind of put them off in a corner and ignore them you can't do that with you know tens of percents of the united yeah. of the united states so um this this is up to this is up to biden and the democratic party if they if they truly mean that they want to bring the country back together, this is how you do it. You reconcile with these people. You take steps toward reconcile with them. And you don't, you don't give in and start believing in conspiracy theories, but you need to address their problems. You need to, you need to talk to them on their level. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think crucifying Trump at this point is, is a good idea. Well, it's not going to help us heal. And this is the... So in World War II you drop the atomic bomb on Japan yeah. to, get, to get them to unconditionally surrender, mm -hmm. right? So are you, are you taking the approach of driving to unconditional surrender, which I don't think is going to happen or practical here in the United States, or um, in some cases like... Uh, when Qaddafi was it Qaddafi? Anyway, oh, yeah. in some cases, you 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 allow them to continue to live out their life. You just outvote them. You know you hmm. you. And I I I don't think it's going to be productive. I do understand that they have a technical path to sort of drive a stake mm -hmm. in his heart that. Under, I, I forgot what it is. It's article. It's, it's the Trump supporters. 14. Like I, I don't care about Trump. It's the Trump supporters, like you said. 
Right. They're the but ones I, I'm concerned with now. And I don't think, and this is where um, you and I had a little bit of a discussion about this. We're not even speaking the same language. The, the left isn't, you know, they, do, they intellectually do not, it's like tr Trump supporters, Republicans, Trump supporters speak Swahili and, you know, the rest of the Republicans speak a dialect of Swahili, right? Mm -hmm. And the Democrats speak Congonese <laughs> and we don't understand yeah. each other. I mean, like, not at all. They're, we're, we're like, there's no communication. It doesn't actually work. You saw it in the uh, debate in the House when the Republicans, Jamie, Jamie Herrera Butler literally was the only one that I heard that sort of was the universal translator and stood in the middle and said, look, I'm, I'll take your Republican argument and I'll tell you what the legislature mm -hmm. did and it maps on to, you know, this was a valid election. So it's, it's really odd. I mean, I see it on Facebook all the time. I have friends that are, um, you know, Alan, I'm never going to speak to you again because you won't basically say use the atomic bomb and, and vaporize this guy. Right. Right. That saying that the violence on the Capitol is completely unacceptable, un-American, illegal. They should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I in no way, shape, or form ever support that. Interestingly enough, I didn't hear my Democratic friends saying that last summer when there were 100 days of protests and violence and uh, destruction of, of public See, and private property. I, I kind of reject that comparison. Um, mm -hmm. I expect that from the Democrats that, that, I mean, not from the Democrats, but, but from the left. Um, no, you, I, 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 the, right. I, the Republicans, the right were better than that. One yeah. day of violent protests for the right is too much. We are the adults in the room, the Democrats and the left, they, this is what they do. They, they like a hundred days of protests. That's yeah. what I expect from them. And I don't like, I don't think that we should be comparing ourselves to them. We're better than that. And if the, the left wants to uh, allow that and not prosecute and kind of accept it, that's what I, that's what I expect from them. We're yeah. better than that. No, I, and I completely agree with you. And I'm not saying, when I say that, I'm not saying they, they should have or that I'm holding them to the same standard because you're right. I, yeah. That's what they do. And and they'll continue to do it. And it's a tactic that they yep. employ. Um, and that's why we came so close to doing it right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that you had several hundred thousand people in Washington that were doing it right. Um, and then they blew yeah, it. I, and they blew it. I don't, it seems there's, there's a video floating around uh, that it appears that um, some of the Capitol police were actually like moving barricades and allowing people into the Capitol. Like that kind of stuff is just, you know, it's, it's almost like they, they wanted it to happen. Like there, there was not enough security. I mean, they, well, now they you're get... the guy, now you're the guy with the aluminum foil. <laughs> well, it's, it's either just gross incompetence or they did it on purpose. Like one of those two, because you have a hundred thousand people out there 
you you know that there's going to be people there's going to be whipped up into a frenzy people are going to be um just wild and crazy you're going to have some people with mental health issues or with just caught up in the moment who are going to do some things that need to get stopped and so you have enough police on hand like there was there was some comment that um Schools were shut down for two days up to this event in D.C. because they were expecting this stuff to happen. They were expecting this to get potentially get violent. You have to prepare for that. I mean, the fact that the Capitol Police, the, the, the D.C. police, whoever, not allowed it. I, I don't even, I don't know. I, I don't know enough, but they definitely didn't have enough staff on hand to prevent it from happening. And so you kind of like, why didn't you? We've got- you knew this was happening. This was not a surprise. We've got to take a anyway. break and come back. And I'd like to pick up on this. Uh, this is Allie and Pacero with James Ball. Good morning. Welcome back to Allie and Pacero with your friend James Ball. We're talking about January 6th. And James had just made the point about uh, what did the Capitol Police do. Um, I saw some things on Facebook and Twitter about how social media has never been used to organize a violent what? protest. Uh, Myanmar, yeah. and, Arab and, Spring, like what? I know. And it was, it was like, it, that's, it, it's always used for that. And yeah. I sent James a, a note, even in my little town of Lake Oswego, there was a, a violent protest threatened. Now, to your point, James, the police addressed it with overwhelming force. So yeah. when, the, when the 40 demonstrators showed up, there were 60 police and honestly, you know, that's, just hanging out. That's what happened in downtown Portland, too. You know, they, right. they, there was spray paint and there were broken windows, but nobody got into the Justice Center because there were police out front and they had barricaded it off. Like, and, and that was, you know, a thousand people. When you have hundreds of thousands who are all upset about something i mean even if you kind of think that they're not gonna get violent you still have enough police on hand to uh to stop whatever could potentially happen it just it, it gross oversight by whoever's in charge of the security of the capital yeah and i'm not, not I, I and i don't think you are either i'm not quote blaming the capital police for no. allowing them in they never should have done it. They're completely wrong. They should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. They completely um, did something that, that, that I do not support in any way, shape, or form. And I don't think Republicans in general support it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, so I, wanted, I, I just wanted to make so that one clear. Of the, uh, interesting, have, the, the Facebook ahead. things. Um, I, I've seen a couple of my Democratic friends and uh and acquaintances complain about how the right or the republicans are not sufficiently condemning this and i'm like have you looked at any legislators page like all of them are condemning this what are you talking about and what they'll do is they'll go on these fringe right-wing facebook pages and take a snippet of one person i think even your page like you when you condemned this on facebook you had 7,000 comments or whatever and a couple of them and a couple of them were people who were like yeah but I understand why this is happening or you know people are upset and this is what you get when and you know those type of comments and that is the evidence that I that I'm seeing from my democratic friends of republicans 
are not right. condemning this. I'm like, okay, some, some knucklehead on Facebook does not represent the Republican Party. Look at any, any leader, any prominent Republican, and they are all condemning this violence. This, this, is, this is stupid. So anyway, just want to make that. I, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to loop into something else that's going on. Lately, you've seen a call for uh, Biden and the new Congress to forgive oh, student yeah. loans, right? And I think the number that I'm hearing is like $10,000. And when I, and, and this is where I wrap a little aluminum foil around my head. When I try to Google um, what percentage of college graduates are Democrats and by, you know, <laughs> who went to schools and spent a lot of money on degrees and their degrees that, don't really advance you, you know, they, they don't give yeah, you a leg up. They don't increase your at, earning potential. Look at liberal arts degree holders. Right, right. And it's really hard to find on mm -hmm. Google. You don't get, you know, usually on Google, the top five results you can, or the first page you can kind of, I'm three, four, five pages in searching for this stuff. I know it's out there. I know there's studies. But all I could find is, um, 65% of college graduate women uh, identify as Democrats and 50% of uh, college graduate men uh, identify as Democrats, which I found low on the male side, the female side I certainly buy. But this $10,000 forgiving student loans is, a, is blatantly pandering to the democratic base yeah. and the guy that started the um auto shop repairing cars or the guy that started the the um landscaping business or the gal that started the bakery or the gal that started the single person law pra or law practice you right. went to school but these these small entrepreneurs the guy that starts the you know that works for you that yeah. that um does garage door repair. Yep. The guy that works in, uh, with me doing bicycle repair, they're not going to get anything. Right. And let me, let me, I can tell you my story. I mean, here's another one where just, this is a giant middle finger to people like me. So I graduated from college. Um, I had 40 or $50,000 in student loans. I was making mm -hmm. 11 or $12 an hour after college. Um, I was one of these people who, and, and like, who couldn't make ends meet. And so what, it, what I did is I joined the army and right. I right. spent eight years fighting for this country, went to Afghanistan three times to pay off my student loans. And so now I am debt free. So this sort of thing is a giant middle finger to anybody who has worked hard to pay off their student loans. Cause guess what? I'm not getting anything either. Biden's not going to say, oh, you paid off your student loans. Well, here's a check for $10,000 anyway. Right. And so like I, I have friends who spent a year or two in the oil fields in Alaska yep. trying to pay off their student loans. Um, again, all of my military friends who, who worked their butts off and put their lives on the line for this country to pay off their student loans, uh, they're not getting a nickel of right. this. The only people who are getting it from it are are like you said, I mean, and even the, the, the STEM folks, the guys who are making six figures, like they, they don't need $10,000. The, the engineers, software engineers making 150K for Google or 250K. This right. is, like you said, this is 
the liberal arts majors who are, I would guess, <laughs> predominantly Democrats who are yeah. going to be, and, and this, it's just a payout. And, and it, it's a giant middle finger to anybody who worked their butts off to pay off their student loans. Well, and it's the kind of thing that at this time, when you're, quote, trying to bring the country together, yeah. that you should acknowledge, if, if Biden would step up and say, look, this isn't fair to the guy that opened up the bakery or the gal that opened up the auto shop. This is exactly this what you're talking fair. about, where, where the government has stopped working for working class. Right. Like, this is the exact type of thing that is pissing off people in eastern Oregon who have been busting their butts, yes. you know, 14 hours a day, six days a week on the farm. And they're like, oh, my taxpayers, my tax money is going to pay for the guy working at Starbucks right. who has a degree in, you know, underwater basket weaving. Like that's where my right. tax money's going. Right. Never mind that I have to sit out here and, and work hard and, you know, barely scrape by and I'm, no. and I'm, I'm getting taxed for this. No. no, and that's, this is an example of we speak different languages, mm -hmm. right? I, I actually don't think the perspective that we're talking about is a perspective that most people that are supporting this have ever even yeah. thought about. And they need to. And that's what I, that's what I want to do. And that's what <laughs> I want to do on this show. And that's what I want to do on my Facebook page. And that's why I'm so passionate about continuing to talk about these things is to try to bring that other perspective to have people think about it, they, they still might not change right. their mind. They, they still may say, yes, I want to pay off the student loans. But that's, that's the whole reason for doing this. We're at the end of a break. I want to take a break. Uh, we'll look at some of the comments and we'll come back. This is Ali and Pissarro with James Ball. Today's podcast is brought to you by ProLift Garage Doors. ProLift is your one-stop shop for residential and small commercial garage doors from openers, springs, and rollers to full reinstalls. They offer same-day service on all garage door repairs with no extra charge for evenings or weekends. Serving the greater Portland metro area, call today and set up your free estimate at 503-558-6349 or at proliftdoors.com slash Portland. Again, that's 503-558-6349. 6349 or slash portland Welcome back to Ali and Pizarro. This is Alan Ali with my friend James Ball from the Rational Republican Podcast. And uh, we're talking about all things January 6th, the election, Trump. Uh, a couple of things that happened locally. Our, our mayor, mayor, Ted Wheeler, who is a liberal, right? was former Republican though. He was a Republican. Former right? Republican. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he was. And his dad was very much a Republican. Um, having what appears to be a nice glass of wine in an outdoor <laughs> setting, right? <laughs> Socially yep. distanced without his mask on. Mm -hmm. um, well, you can't drink wine with a mask no, on. I mean, to be fair. You, you, oh, probably could. You just kind of yeah. get the or mask all yucky. Just yeah. or no, just suck it through oh. the mask. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I, and I like Ted Wheeler. I mean, I, Ted Wheeler is another guy that you can talk to and have a rational discussion with. Which is, I said I when he was running, when he was running for mayor, 
um, I said the fact that I that Alan Alley says I, I like Ted Wheeler and I can have a rational discussion with him means he probably won't get elected mayor of Portland. But yep. um, so he's sitting having a nice glass of wine and gets verbally assaulted Physically by two assaulted. or three people. Assaulted. They punched him in the shoulder. Uh, and yeah, so he screaming mm -hmm. at him, right? I mean, yeah. screaming at him. Yeah. Inches away from him berating him you're a loser you're horrible f-bomb 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 you know and you're right i mean it, for me it's like yep that's what yeah that's what the left yeah. does right even to their mm -hmm. own um and to be to be fair and that is not acceptable behavior you know that that's not you don't do that to anyone i mean it's just i mean i feel like people are going to clip this and <laughs> to can, be we, fair, we fully fully condemn yes. that behavior and 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 it it's becoming something that the right does because it happened to mitt romney in the airport did you see yeah, that paul, one? paul ryan also yeah he's getting oh paul ryan also oh this is this is back and yeah oh, uh, romney anyway. was just a while back recently. yeah and He's sitting there working on his iPad and Gal came up, you're a disgrace, you're a traitor, we hate you. And, and you know, he has to put up with that. Now, Romney was very gracious about it, actually. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, it, it, it highlights how frustrated and angry people are on yeah. both sides. In fact, when I... When I if I go back to saying I'm a Trump supporter, supporter, I have a feeling I'm also a Bernie supporter, mm. supporter. That my son-in-law, I would say, is a Bernie Sanders supporter. And I get where he's coming from. He's a small business owner. He's a, he owns a, a bar. And he believes big corporations get all kinds of help and he gets nothing that he is absolutely at the bottom of the food chain mm. and he supports Bernie Sanders and I support him. I, I get it. I really do. So in a weird way, not only am I a Trump supporter supporter, I think I'm a Bernie supporter supporter. It's yeah. just like I, bizarre, I'm, but that's, yeah. that's where I end up. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and I can see that, you know, it's it's something I hadn't really thought about. Um, I, I've always been a conservative, always been a Republican, and so have never really thought how to reconcile with with the Bernie supporters. But yeah, you're right. It and being a small business owner, I can definitely see that. Yes, um, you know, I can see how these big established companies um, are just getting breaks after break after break after break, and here I am. I think I mentioned before, like I. You know, I have one employee, well, soon to be two, two employees, yeah. and I w had to pay the TriMet tax, which was like $8 for the quarter or something like that. Mm -hmm. And because it's really just me doing the paperwork, yeah. I missed it. I, I, and it wasn't right. even that I didn't pay it, it's that I didn't reconcile afterwards because you pay as you go. And then at the end of the quarter, you're supposed to come back and say, yes, I paid the correct amount. It was like 8 or $9. Um, because I screwed up the um, the reconciliation, they fined me two hundred dollars, <laughs> two hundred dollars for a nine dollar ticket. And so, like, you know, if I was a big business, I I wouldn't 
you know, I, I would have a team of lawyers right. who would be looking at this stuff and make sure that I did my reconciliation on time. Um, right. And of course, you know, you can appeal it and whatever, but it's the city and it's COVID. And so if, they're, if they even give me my money back, they're going to, they're going to drag their feet for a year. But um, yeah, I can see that. I, I can see big businesses don't have the same kind of struggles that a small business does and they've right. got the money and the, and the teams to handle it. Um, but see where I go from that is we need less regulation. Yes. We need more. Um, <laughs> we need to stop having these stupid things like a $9 TriMet tax <laughs> that well, you have to reconcile every quarter. And like, let's, let's get away with that. And then I don't have to deal I must with it. Say every week, uh, to my son, I don't know how small businesses do it. I, I really don't. I don't know how you stay on top of all of the reporting and all of the things you have to do. And he has to deal with the lottery oh, yeah. commission and the, uh, and alcohol and, it, you know, and then job? on top of that, all, it's all the new COVID job. rules. Like I, and, I don't, I don't do I don't install garage doors. I hire someone to to install garage doors because my job is making sure all of the paperwork gets I done. Know. Like that is my full-time job. And so and the people that pass these laws and I I've, I've said this a zillion times in 10 years we passed 5000 laws. So mm -hmm. if you go back to 2011 and if I interviewed you and said what do you think we need to do by 2021 to make Oregon a better place? I don't think you would have said we need 5,000 new laws, no. but that's what we did. We passed 5,000 freaking new laws. And that doesn't include all the administrative things that we've done, the things that they do by fiat, the other rules that those laws spawn. And the execution and, is terrible as well. And this is the thing. They, they pass all these good ideas and then toss it to a middle manager somewhere <laughs> to execute. And then you end up with the unemployment department debacle where you can't process checks fast enough. You end up with uh, DMV blowing up. and You end up with Cover Oregon never launching yeah. because the, these legislators don't understand how to run a business. They don't understand how the the real world works. They think you can just pass a bill, spend a bunch of money, throw, throw money at a problem, not oversee it, and that things will get done. And they just don't. And so our, our state is just so completely messed up when it comes to execution um, because everybody has this good idea that they want to pass, but nobody wants to follow through and execute it properly. Yeah. I want to talk more about that. And I want to talk about the COVID vaccine rollout in the next segment. This is the end of this one. And it's Allie and Sarah with her friend, James Ball. The Portland spirit is headed to the river. Hop on board today for great views of the Portland skyline and historic Milwaukee waterfront. See our local landmarks and bridges from a unique vantage point on the river. Grab a cocktail on our outer deck while enjoying some of our delicious local cuisine. Fun for the whole family with options including lunch, brunch, dinner, and the famous Heart of Portland cruise. Tickets can be purchased at portlandspirit.com. Welcome back to Allie and Pacero with our friend James Ball from the Rational Republican. Uh, we're talking about the government, government programs, and one of the things that's going on now in Oregon is the rollout or unrollout <laughs> of the COVID vaccine. And um, it's a little inconceivable to me how you could screw this thing up this badly. Um, deaths in Oregon continue to be significantly higher than they were six months ago. 
deaths with COVID. The other thing that's happening is, I, I just reviewed it yesterday, the average age has gone up dramatically. When you look down the, the, the deaths now, it's 95, 92, 89, 87, 73, 92, 100. It's, it's definitely higher than it was. Hmm. So it seems to me <laughs> that a very simple way to do this is by age. Yeah. It's just everybody that's 100 years old should be vaccinated first, and then the 90s, and then the 80s, and then the 70s. And half of the people that die in Oregon die in congregate living conditions. And you could take a very small number of vaccines and have a massively positive effect on the death rate if you wanted to. And but instead, we have vaccines expiring because they haven't been administered. We are 46th out of 50 in the nation when it comes to rollout per capita. And what does the state decide to do? They convene a 27-person panel to discuss the equity of different groups and who deserves it more. They have their first three-hour meeting produced absolutely nothing. There was, I believe, one medical professional about this. Everyone else represented a different racial group. Uh, they couldn't even agree to, that, the, <laughs> that the vaccine was effective. There was a motion to make a statement that the vaccine was effective, and they couldn't even do that. Like, I don't know if anybody... If it, and this is, this is another issue with our government and people who have never run a business and don't understand things. Alan, have you ever accomplished anything with a 27-person panel? <laughs> no. Never. Never. 27 people cannot agree on anything ever. If you want to accomplish something, like 10 or fewer is, is, your, is your limit. Any, well, 27 people, like what a stupid idea. Is where, look, it, either it is a pandemic mm -hmm. or it's not. Mm -hmm. And if it is a pandemic, then we have to treat it like a pandemic and it's a war. It is, and you... And in war, you make decisions, tough decisions, but you have to make these decisions and you know who is dying. You absolutely know who is yep. dying. You actually know where predominantly they live. Now, we don't know how it's transmitted, how fast it transmits. We can't answer, why is it that I can go to um, Albertsons and Safeway and it's like nobody seems to get it but if I go to um, out to dinner, somehow people believe that right. everybody gets it, you know, and we just don't know. But we do know if you're old and you have an underlying condition and you live in a group setting, you get it and you die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So vaccinate I, them. Yeah. It's, it's beyond I, my I, imagination. I heard a theory, and I don't remember if it was here or somewhere else, that <clears throat> Kate Brown and her people know that the virus doesn't spread from restaurants but, or gyms, but the reason they're doing that is that they feel like if they take away all of our toys, that we'll take this seriously, that if all of our fun things to do are taken away, that everyone will be like, oh, this is a big deal, and they'll all stay home, which is... I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, that's just government manipulating people and right. it's destroying small business in the process. And I, uh, 
do not like that at all. But you're you're absolutely right. I think it's I think we've shown that the virus does not spread from gyms or from <laughs> from restaurants. It's from group living. It's from small private gatherings uh, without masks. That's where the virus spreads. But you know, and, you can't. And 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 we've talked about this. Look, if the mask is a way of reminding people that oh, you need to wash your hands. Oh, you need to stay six feet away. Oh, you need to. It, it's like okay, I get that. Right? Yes, it has some intellectually. It has some utility about preventing, you know, spittle from me landing right. on you. Yep. Okay, I get that. Great. Good. Okay. But but please, dear God, just lay it out for us and tell us what you know the the psychological reasons for. Don't don't treat me like I'm four years old and you have trick me into eating my yeah. peas. Right. But then, I mean, going back to the vaccine rollout, like if this is as like as much of a disaster pandemic war, like they keep saying it is like the OHA with their silly yellow ads talking about how you're going to kill your right. family if you don't wear a mask. If that is how serious this is, why can't the state get it together and actually roll out the vaccine in a, in a timely manner? I mean, again, I was talking with uh, Jennifer Neiman yesterday, who is a regular commenter on here. She's yeah. probably watching. Um, we had coffee yesterday, and her husband is a uh, PhD biochemist. And yeah, he's talking about there, there are vaccines that are expiring. They are sitting in a freezer. They are not distributed, right. and they are going bad. I mean, that is unacceptable for a state who is talking about how crazy, difficult, and hard, and and dangerous this disease is to let vaccines you know, expire. We talked about negligence at the highest degree. We talked about private sector being able to do this. And I had a friend that said, well, if you had an aerospace company or a car company do it, it would be even worse. And I, look, this is one thing where I can speak knowledgeably. I worked for Boeing. I worked for Ford. We would put a four-year plan in place to design a new aircraft and that aircraft would fly on the day that we said it would fly four years ago. Yep. That's how good they were at doing planning, right? And an and aircraft is an unbelievably complex machine, right. right? And research and development has to be done, and it has to be finished on time, and then product development has to start, and then new lubricants have to be created, and GE has to have a new engine. And I mean, it is beyond your imagination and then you have to manufacture all those parts and then assemble all those parts and then do all the simulations and all the software has to get written and then on the day that you said it would fly it flies yeah. rolling out a vaccine to a company like that is a complete no-brainer also is, you, you had 10 months to plan totally this. like like you knew a vaccine was coming in, I mean, it, you didn't know when, but you could have yes. a, 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 you know, a D-Day, you know, the, the, the virus arrive, or the vaccine arrives on D-Day. On D plus one, we'll send it to these people. On D plus two, we'll send it to those people. I mean, that's how we plan in, in the military. It's like when you don't know when a mission's happening, you still, you plan on D-Day each hour right. of what your plan's going to be based on some arbitrary date in the future. Um, the fact that our state did not do that, despite spending all of the money on those yellow ads that OHA is doing, or 
a 27 person panel to decide nothing. <clears throat> it's like, who's running the state? It's, I mean, clearly it's a bunch of bureaucrats that don't have any idea what they're doing. Well, the one that broke me was when I saw that they were vaccinating prison inmates early because they were afraid <laughs> of a lawsuit from the prison inmates. And yeah. The, the legislature. It's, like, it's yeah. like, wait, 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 wait. The ones I read the OHA reports every single yeah. day that it isn't prison inmate, prison inmate, prison inmate, prison inmate dead. It's 98 year old grandma living congregate living. It's 97 year old grandma living in congregate living. It's grandpa living in. It, that's what it is. This, this just shows it, it's not shows, prison inmates. Just shows how they are not taking this seriously. They want all of us to take it seriously, but they are not taking it seriously. If they were taking it seriously, lawsuits are not the thing you're worried about. You're trying to save your population from dying. That's what you should be doing. If this is as serious and as harsh and what a terrible pandemic it is that, that they want us to believe, you would not be concerned with lawsuits. You say, you what? We'll deal with the lawsuits when they come. Right, right. now, we need to save lives. We need to do the right thing. And lawsuits right. will, you know, if we get sued, we get sued. If it costs us money down the line, fine. You know, that, that's, the, that's the, what they should be doing, again, and the if they were taking they it seriously. But actually, they're not. They're not they, taking the it seriously. The fact that they actually said we're going to vaccinate prisoners because of a potential lawsuit yeah. is, and the other one that they're vaccinating first are teachers. Right. And look, I'm sympathetic to that, but the kids aren't even in school, well, right? Well, so <laughs> so that's, that's another thing is the legislature had to pass a law basically absolving the schools of any liability before they would even talk about going back to school they, so they're just they're afraid of lawsuits all around like yeah. left right and center that that's <laughs> i so, i always think fine if that's what you have to do to get kids back in school you know fine absolve yourself of liability but we've reached um yeah again when you're when you're about, again. what's that oh sorry oh we're, when we're when you're concerned about lawsuits okay did oh when you're concerned about lawsuits more than you are about lives, hey, either this isn't a, a that, that you needed to be taking this more seriously. I like that. Lives, not lawsuits. Hey, there you go. Right? Well, let's put out some, uh, some yellow banners. We've got to take a break. This is Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball from the Rational Republican. Welcome back to Allie and Pacero with her friend James Ball. Our friend Jimmy Pacero is... Still in a bunker somewhere. I mean, I'm in a bunker, but he's in a bunker and won't join us on, on Facebook. <laughs> but uh, our last segment, I wanted to loop back to some local news. We had sort of a mini capital invasion here when the legislature was in special session. And I think they stopped it pretty early, right? They didn't get too far into the capital. It started at about nine. Nine o'clock in the morning. Um, there was a some of the same things um, that happened where we had, uh, I'll call it sort of right-wing protesters outside that then tried to get into the Capitol and some of them got in. Nobody really knew exactly how they got in. And then there was a video of a Republican legislator, uh, Mike Nearman, who's a, a Good guy, conservative. I know him pretty well. Um, 
who walked out of a door and it appears on the video kind of didn't close the door after he walked through it. Is that yeah. an accurate way of uh, representing what happened? Yeah, that's kind of what it appeared like. Um, I would say that's not a that's not a mistake that you make. Um, I don't like. <laughs> I I live in a secure building. I I've oh, lived yeah. in secure buildings before. Like it's it's pretty. You you when there's the the protesters were standing literally right outside the door, and Mike goes through and just kind of like walks around them to get out of the door, and just like. You, you know, he knew that they were going to go in. I mean, it, it kind of, I think he, he made it look like he was just leaving and they happened to, to tailgate him back in. But uh, that's, not a, that's not a mistake that you make. I, I think that that was intentional. And I, has, like, Mike, Mike, Mike friend, but, has Mike commented on it? Have you seen anything? Not that I've seen. Not that I've seen. I haven't um, either. Yeah, it was... I mean, it's one of those things where, and I've, I've seen this in a lot of these videos where the video's posted and the first video I see is like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that, right? right. It's like the uh, Sandman video, the kid with the, uh, with the guy that was beating the drum in his face, the kid in the MAGA yeah. hat yeah. at the Lincoln Memorial or whatever, yep. right? Yep. The first time I saw that, it was like, oh, that's bad. He really screwed up. And then you see other videos from other angles, and it's like, wait a minute, there's kind of two sides to this story. Certainly the video that I saw, which was, it looked like a security camera video from inside the Capitol, right. was yeah. pretty damning, right? Yeah. Now, <laughs> it, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if there was a video from outside where they were hiding, <laughs> Mike walks out the door. You could see him from the video, though. Like, oh, I didn't notice from that. the security. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they were, they were standing outside the door. I think I'd have to go look at it again. But it almost they almost had to get out of the way as Mike was leaving the the door. Like, and it was a big glass door. It wasn't like this was this was an opaque door that you can't see through. It was it was a glass yeah. door. Um, you could have so. Any, yeah. As a result. Um, Tina Kotek is talking about all kinds of sanctions on Mike Nierman, including removing him from office, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they can do that. Um, and Mike is in leadership. I think Mike's in Republican leadership, right? He's not the... I'm not sure. I, he's not the leader, but I think he's in leadership. I don't know. Um, but I, I'd love... To, uh, I'd love to see Mike's comments on it. I, d I haven't seen anything that he's that he's said. Regardless, I think it's a boneheaded thing to do. Um, even if it was an accident, like that is a pretty negligent accident, like very, very negligent accident. Um, so not acceptable. Um, when I was working on campaigns, there were all kinds of things that you would come up with. People would come up with ideas, and if people snickered after somebody said the idea, pretty much 100% of the time, it's like, yeah, we shouldn't do that. Mm. So, so if somebody said, hey, why don't you walk out the door 
and kind of just walk through the door and don't really pay attention to it, you could see people go, oh, geez, you know, right. that, that, yeah. wow. It's like, no, don't do that, right? Yeah. Almost every time, it, you know, when um, it just, it debases yeah. everything. It, it's like, it's not a right. good idea. It, and both sides do it. It's never really a good idea. Um, but I would give that suggestion to anybody that's out there, either in a campaign or if you're in office. If somebody on your staff comes up with an idea and you snicker. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, don't. It's a good rule of thumb. And I'd have to say, when I worked in Governor Kulingoski's office, and I was the only Republican sitting at a table with 20 Democrats, they would come up with some things where they would snicker. Mm. And I don't think I ever had to say anything. Governor Kulingoski generally had the good sense. And I think Chip Terhune, who was the chief of staff also, I was one of the deputy chiefs. We generally, they didn't do those things. They, they did some really clever things. You know, mm -hmm. they, they used the power of the office to the fullest extent that they could. But when it was considered something that you'd sort of sneer or snicker at, um, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. It was, uh, I, and I think that's one of the things that I reflected back on is that, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time with Trump supporters and I've spent a lot of time in, you know, the highest levels of a democratic administration. And that's my quest is to get people talking to each other, you know, to be the translator, to help facilitate yeah. those conversations. Yeah. I wish you, wish you success. <laughs> well, you're part of this journey there, pal. <laughs> No, it's true. And that, I mean, that's one of the reasons we started the podcast was to try to reach out to Democratic voters and to try to bridge that gap of um, the the insanity on both sides of the aisle and be like, hey, there's there's a middle ground here. There's some of us, regardless of party, who just want to have a discussion about things. So well, and that, I'm with you. that's where and I really appreciate the feedback from the Democrats that participate, even though sometimes it hurts. Mm hmm. Um, it helps me be self-aware of, yeah. Yeah. of how my positions and things that I say or things that I don't say are taken. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the journey, right? That's part of the process is, is having, exposing yourself to really critical feedback and then being introspective enough. That's, that's how I came up with this. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm yeah. a Trump supporter supporter. You know, and I think that's a journey that we're all on. And I, I, I hope people continue to, to participate it's too, and engage. It's too easy, especially in the age of Facebook and Twitter, to go down that partisan rabbit hole and the confirmation bias and everybody believes what I believe and getting into this, yeah. this partisan hole. And yeah, it's, it's good to get some of that feedback and be like, oh, I, you know, that, that wasn't right. You know, I, I said something that resonated with the base, but wasn't correct or the other side of the aisle um, sees it as inflammatory. And, and it's good to be able to backtrack. And I think we all, I definitely make those mistakes from time to time where I'll, I'll, I'll say something and then I'll come back and it feels good at the time. And then you come back later yeah. and you're like, oh yeah, that was, 
that wasn't appropriate for whatever reason. Well, and, and so a lot of times you end up calling yourself out. It's like, look, I'm I'm doing the same behaviors that I'm accusing other people mm-hmm. of doing. Yep. And you don't it's even so realize easy. It's so yeah. easy and it and it feels yeah. good because you get all that all that confirmation from your side of the of the fence of right. people getting excited about what you're saying and you get you, it feels good to to be no. a partisan hack. So uh, it's it, it's super <laughs> interesting because I have some very specific friends on Facebook. I, I won't use their last names, but one of them is Bruce. And if he listens, he'll know who I'm talking about. And Bruce is a, I'd call him a very liberal business Democrat. Mm-hmm. He's not, he, he has a small business and he, he's done this for years. And, and he is a very partisan small business Democrat. If a Republican is going to win statewide in Oregon, Bruce has to vote for them. Hmm. And if Bruce doesn't vote for them, no way. And, and he's my litmus test. I think I've told him this before, but he's the litmus test. And so far, he hasn't, I, I don't think he's voted for any Republican. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that he's voted for any Republican since I've known him. And I've only met hmm. him on Facebook. But we've become actually pretty good friends, I'd say, on Facebook. And there's a level of mutual respect there. But Bruce, if you're listening to this, you're the litmus test. <laughs> and if we can get to that point, and there's a couple of others. Kendall is another one. Donald is another one. Um, liberals who, if you could ever get to the point where they would cross over, then a Republican could win state by yeah. the So I'll leave it at that. I think next week you and Jim are going to have to take it because I'll be in the car driving 15 hours back to Oregon next Sunday. Sounds like so. You guys, we're we're going to have to get Jim up and or get you guys together somehow. (laughs) So we'll we'll make it work. Thanks everybody for listening and uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in also on the podcast. This is Ali and Pacero with our friend James Paul. Thanks for listening. This has been Ali and Pacero with your hosts Alan Ali and Jim Pacero. The podcast is produced by James Ball. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. And if you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to alan at alanalley.com.